Hello and welcome to the British English Podcast. This is an interesting episode because I was contacted by an Instagram follower to suggest an episode for you guys. And it was because of a, an Instagrammer and TikToker that this follower also follows. And I had a little look and I was amazed because this person has what we call as a near native accent and she's a non-native, she's Spanish and um, yeah, I wanted to pick her brains and understand how she managed to get such a good accent and hopefully inspire you guys, but also talk to you about her amazing social media content because she's killing it on TikTok and Instagram. But yes, we have Maria Speaks English. Hello, Maria. How are you doing? Hi, Charlie. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> so where are you in the world? In in Spain? You're in... Where are, yeah. where are you in Spain? I'm in Spain. I'm currently based in Malaga. I was actually born and raised in here in Malaga, in sunny Malaga. We're having uh -huh. a wonderful day today. And, um, and yeah, I'm really happy in here. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. it's um, December whilst we're recording this does it get a little bit nippy in the south of spain um not really no i don't know no, no okay so sunny know. all year round yeah Wonderful. all year round but mostly because um i am in an area that's actually called la costa del sol which is like the the sun coast basically which translates to la costa uh, the sun coast and um it's almost like all every single day sunny And it's amazing. Wow. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's something I leave for it. Like, I would hate it if it be, if it were like raining all the time. I couldn't stand it. I am all about sunny, hot places. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you go to the beach much? Yes, I do. Of course. I mean, you can't really go. You can't really go now because it's actually ch it's a bit chilly. Let's just say it's chilly for us. It is chilly. Okay. For a British yeah. person, it would be hot as hell. But for me, it is it is pretty chilly, and um, so I really I wouldn't really go to the beach right now. But um, I, I go mostly every single day in summer. So yeah, it's something I have to Very do. Nice, I love it. This episode comes with a free worksheet over on the website thebritishenglishpodcast.com. So grab that, and you can listen along whilst using it. Yeah. yeah as a as a as a youngster that's a very formal word guys but um when i was younger that was the holiday destination for my family we used to fly over to malaga no way we'd have about uh, we'd have about two weeks in and no. around malaga you're kidding yeah whereabouts mm. in malaga i'm struggling to think of the names actually but costa del sol was yeah. the typical like location that we were in so yeah there was loads of resorts that we went to it wasn't the most cultured experience because mm -hmm. it was typically like a, a english bubble that we oh yeah. no there was quite a few germans actually around the yeah resort, germans but... and british that's that's all you get in here in malaga <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of golf courses yeah i've never done golf by the way but but i have to oh, try okay. i should do yeah. it Well, maybe when you retire, when you've mm. given up your TikTok days. Mm. Who knows when that will happen? Who knows? Yeah. Well, let's get into that. So when did you start this journey of becoming um, a content creator and English teacher online, particularly TikTok and Instagram? 
Well, when it comes to being an English teacher, I've been I've been doing it pretty much since I was 15 years old. Like it's something I've been wow. passionate. Yeah, it's something I've been passionate about ever since I can remember. So I started out at 15 and then went to uni and everything I did. I read um, translation and interpreting at uni. And um, but then I've been teaching face to face. Like I've been teaching like in the classroom, in a normal classroom, as everyone does. But then obviously the pandemic came around, the pandemic, you know, came into our lives. And then I just decided to just jump into the online world and just give it a try. So what I did basically, that was last year, actually, that was last November. And um, so I just gave it a try. I just thought, TikTok, why not? It sounds great. Actually, my boyfriend was the one who told me, Maria, you should be in TikTok. You're going to kill it you're gonna smash it you have to you have to be there so i just paid attention to his wise words and in a year we are a year later with a lot of how many have you got watching <laughs> i think you've got uh, like say... over two hundred and fifty thousand tiktok followers haven't you yeah almost half a million Instagram. <gasps> almost half a million on tiktok yeah yeah, it's scary though. Was I getting though. confused with tic- with um? I think I was getting confused with Instagram. Wow, you've got it, nearly half a million TikTok followers. Not nearly. I think more than that. Uh, Goodness which me. Is pretty, yeah, I know it's scary, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it is um, scary. Mar- Maria was saying that uh, she kind of tries to ignore it and and speaks to the camera as if it's just her best friend. But do you ever do you ever you know think? Hang on, no, there are over half a million people watching yeah, these that's yeah, correct that must be yeah that must be mad yeah um when you make your your content are you thinking particularly for uh, a, a specific type of learner mm, not really i mean well what i usually do when i'm creating content is just to ask myself all right maria what would you like to see like if you were on the other side of the screen as a viewer, as a follower, what would you like to be taught? What would you find interesting? Whatever. Like I asked myself, I asked myself those kinds of, those kinds of, well, those kinds of questions. And that's always how I come up, how I come up with all the ideas and all the videos and stuff. I think when you're creating content, the, the key thing is just to have common sense. <laughs> I like, uh, when you have common sense and when you just, stick to your values and also to your to your way of doing things and you know if you stick to it if you stick to a certain way of doing things and you ask yourself is this right would i like to see this would i find this useful things work in my opinion i think common sense is the key to to creating content wise words wonderfully put as well yeah (laughs) lovely language as well Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so wh- you said 15 was when you started teaching. When yeah. did you start enjoying English or languages? Oh. Did you have another language before? before no, English? not really. Like English has always been my best friend and will always be my best friend, let's say. Um, yeah. Like, like I've, I started to become obsessed with English. And I say obsessed because it's my way to, it's my way of just approaching things. When I'm learning a language, I just need to become completely obsessed with it in order to just like fell like falling head over heels in love with that language that's how i approach things so basically how everything started i was eight or nine 
I can't really remember. And then I remember、mm. that my mom, you know, would play, you know, the classics, the English classics.、Uh, you know, she would play the, she would put music on, you know, on on in the kitchen. She would show me. She would talk to me about Michael Jackson, you know, Queen, Madonna, whatever, and she would play her, them their music. So what my approach, like what I thought about it instantly was, oh my god, I love this music, I love this kind of you know things that I'm hearing, but I don't get a word, like I don't understand what they're saying. So I would, I remember I was nine or like eight, and I just felt the need. To just completely understand their lyrics to their songs. What I did basically was just to translate every single thing that I would, you know, come across with. I, I basically, you know, I had a little notebook that I still have, by the way, and、oh. I would translate every single song that my mom would play to me in English. Wow! So, and then what happened? Well, that actually made me. Falling in love with music, and that made me falling in love with English. So that was kind of my perfect combination, like my perfect combo, because English made me understand music, and music made me understand English. So that's kind of a that was、yeah. kind of a beautiful relationship that I found there. And、um, then what happened is that I opened up a YouTube account at age eleven.、Okay. And、uh, so, what I basically did was to upload translations to my favorite songs, and it became really big. I'm not gonna lie; it became a quite. I think it was 2007, maybe 2008. I got like 20,000 followers, which was a lot by the time. And、um, yeah. the thing is, that was something I really enjoyed doing. That was something I really enjoyed.、Um, that was my hobby, actually, translating songs and. Listening and like fully immersing into you know the, the the music and the lyrics was kind of my hobby and my favorite thing to do in the entire world. So that was kind of how I I learned. I learned without even noticing that I was learning, without even realizing that I was learning. But but yeah,、Wonderful. that's how. How I、yeah. fell completely in love with English and music. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you found a passion early on. You committed to it a hundred percent, and、yeah. it kind of fueled your English and it fueled your love of music. Yeah, that works really nicely.、Um, you mentioned a couple of、yeah. bands there, some American, maybe some English as well,、um, British.、Mm -hmm. What was the the major、um, influence on you? Starting off, was it American or mainly British English or another kind of English? I'm going to say American English. Yeah, because all the input that I received was American. Like all the movies I used to watch were pretty much yeah, well, they were American, and the songs I listened to they were American singers, American artists, whatever. So I'd say I've been that was the major input that was that was American. I also there was a time in my life. Where I was completely in love with British culture and British, you know, accent and everything. For example, I I love Queen, I love Adele, so I love these kind of references. Really helped me with my、um, British accent. I'm gonna say, but um, but yeah, I'd、can、say you, American is you, my favorite one. I'm sorry. Can, no, 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 that's that's fine. It's interesting <laughs> to talk about it. Um, so. Could you, without well, I am going to put you on the spot. Would you be able to do a British accent? 
Did you know that we have a 45-minute long audiobook that also comes with an e-book to read along with, teaching you 10 of the most useful idioms that you can use to sound like a native-level speaker? You know, the next time that you want to impress someone, be it for a job interview or an English exam, like the IELTS test, then you can whip out one of these phrases and really wow them. We've selected these 10 because they're daily idioms. They're ones that you can use in many, many situations. So you won't be wasting your time learning a random idiom that you'll, you'll never really get the chance to use. And the even better news is that we're giving this audiobook and ebook away for free. And all you need to do is find it in the show notes of this episode. Head over to the BritishEnglishPodcast.com and find it in the homepage. Or just like the free worksheet for this episode, go to the BritishEnglishPodcast.com forward slash freebies. That is F-R-E-E-B-I-E-S. A, a little British bit. accent. I'd say I've had it for a while. Um, I've had it for a while. But I, but I say I feel so much more, I feel so much more comfortable when it comes to being a American accent for some reason. Because every time I have a British accent, I feel like I'm so sort of imitating and sort of acting, which I don't really like. So that's why I went to complete. I went from completely having a full-on British accent to just sticking to an American one. So Amazing! That was I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I'm loving this. Absolutely loving this. Can you keep going? I, I really want to try and absorb it as much as possible. With the next question I had, uh, okay. did you focus on pronunciation right from the start when you were learning? Um, um, so in British you, accent, please. Do you want yeah, me yeah, in yeah. British accent? Oh, yes, please. I actually didn't. I think it was something that came so naturally. <laughs> no, that was horrible. It was something that came to me so naturally. And so, yeah, like I said, naturally. But I didn't really put much thought into it. Like, um, what I did was basically to imitate favorite actresses and my favorite, you know, actors and whatever. So what I did was to just pick a song that I would like, or just um, pick a specific scene of a specific movie that I was obsessed about. And then what I would just do is to just be in my room and put up a show and just uh, act by myself and then just act it out. I was just completely, I would imitate every single thing that every single, you know, little tiny thing that the person was saying. I would imitate the yeah. gestures. I would imitate the accent. So I didn't really think to myself, okay, now I'm doing a British accent and now I'm doing an American accent. Like it wasn't, it wasn't really. Um... No, I, I, I'll help. I'll help you out because you're kind of going between the two now because you're trying to talk about. Yeah, both. Let's I don't get, know what I'm. Let's, like, like... <laughs> I love that. That was brilliant. Let's go back to your normal one. Okay, thank you. Because <laughs> this is how I feel <laughs> the most comfortable. I don't know because the thing is, since English is not my native language, I just tend to, you know, to mimic everything I am around. I'm everything I'm surrounded by. So yeah, I, but I just need to stick to one accent. That is very, very important. And I just, I have, I, I keep reminding it to myself. Maria, stick to yeah. one accent because, you know, this. We, I we think that's a, that's yeah, that's a do. worthy, worthy point point to make. Um, I've had students who really enjoy mixing the two, and I'm learning Spanish, and I get a bit confused whether I'm learning, you know, Spanish or uh, South American Spanish, and. 
I th- I think it's interesting to obviously expose ourselves to both, but it is probably wise to stick to one because natives who listen to you will find it very confusing. I think I find it confusing if somebody's uh, throwing an American word in with a British accent or something like that. And yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, if you're speaking to somebody locally who's from your area and then they suddenly use a, a word that's from not from yeah. your area, you don't expect yeah. it. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so American please, English listeners, was... don't be mm-hmm. like me. Stick to one accent, please. <laughs> Truquito. Well, well, I feel like you've very much got more of a, an American accent. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a fairly neutral one. It's not like Is a it? really, really strong one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And a couple of times I've heard a few a few syllables that sound a little bit British when you're in your American accent. Mm-hmm. But very mm-hmm. majority, the majority of it is is all American, but very soft, soft American. Was that a deliberate decision? Would you say it definitely wasn't mm-hmm. a like a conscious decision that I made? But okay. over time, it has become one definitely. Okay, so yeah, the American, fo- the focus on American English wasn't exactly the the idea at the beginning, but you were exposed to a lot of American stuff. So it naturally yeah. focused on that. Yeah, that makes well, sense. Okay. Yeah. At the, in the beginning, um, it was not a conscious decision. Like I said, I mm-hmm. would just imitate every single thing that I would come across with. So I wasn't really like, okay, this is American accent. This is British accent. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But then over time, I have to say that there has been a time where I've been British. I, I have been, I have had an American, a British accent, but then I just felt that I was constantly, you know, acting. I was like having a, a role in my conversations. So I just figured, all right, American accent so from now on, because this is the one yeah. I feel the most comfortable in. Yeah, that's really wise to go with the one that you feel most comfortable with. I don't know if it yeah. kind of associates with the the sounds of of Spanish a little bit easier. I I don't know, but yeah, yeah, that's good. So you said that you focus very much on imitating, and you used music mm-hmm. at the beginning. So I'm assuming it was also to do to do with imitating the way people were singing. Did that yes. help you? Do you think kind of get a, a better understanding of you know sounds and and connecting with sounds? Because I've had students where they really can't hear the difference between what they're saying and what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's a specialty that you are comfortable in? You have quite a good ear for that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it has helped me a lot when it comes to sounds. I mean, in my opinion, the way I see it, English has a lot to do with musicality and with music in general and with acting too. I was fortunate enough that I w- I'm completely in love with these three areas. I'm, I mean, love music, I love acting, I love whatever. But, but yeah, absolutely, it has helped me realize the little tiny aspects of a language and the little tiny, you know, sounds that you don't really notice when someone's talking to you. But then once you repeat the song and repeat the lyrics exactly as they sound, as their singer is singing to them, you just get so good at it with the time. The time. You just get so good mm. at it. And, and it's a really helpful tool. Actually, it's one thing that I use in my classes. What I usually do is I explain music, I explain, you know, songs and everything. And then just I just make my students sing to the words, sing to the lyrics. And um, ah. and they loved it. They loved it. And they, it, it's really helped them 
with their pronunciation, I have to say. So <gasps> if I ever wow. like that's that's the best in my opinion, that's it that is the best way to improve your pronunciation, I'm not gonna lie. Imitating and yeah. singing. Okay, singing as well. Yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll try and get my I students singing. singing. I do I do group classes. I'm not very good at singing, so I won't You're be not? able to encourage them. No. Maybe I'll have to get you in on them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That would be fine. But yeah. So do you think this is what helped you stay consistent with your language learning? You know, Absolutely. your obsession with music. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That is the only for me, that is the only way to go when it comes to learning a language is a language. Like get obsessed with it and then just I mean, if you don't love it you look kind of look at it as if we as if it were some kind of a burden eventually you don't end up loving the language and loving the process and everything it is just another thing that you have to do because somebody else tells you to do it by making if i make yeah. sense so um totally so, you really yeah. are yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's, uh, that, that's my that... whole point mm-hmm that makes me think about uh, asking you whether you feel like you've got a different personality personality <laughs> sorry um when you're speaking english as opposed to spanish um i don't know i think i'm going to say that it's a very funny thing i i feel even more com- i feel conf- I, re- i feel more confident when i am speaking english than what i feel speaking in spanish and that That is just something that I have really, I have really, you know, thought about because this is going to sound a little, a little cheesy and little. <laughs> I embrace the as cheese. Well, go for it. The thing is, the thing is, when I was at school, you know, I wasn't, I didn't really feel that I was particularly good at something. When I was at school, I felt like everyone, you know, was good at something everyone stand there was something that always made somebody stand out but i didn't really f- have that thing i really didn't feel like i had a place in at school right mm-hmm. so the thing is when english came around when english when english came in, into my life when english came into my life i felt that that was the one thing that people knew me for You know, everybody at school knew me as, you know, the girl who speaks perfect English or the girl who has this beautiful American accent, whatever. So that was the thing that made me feel confident. That was the thing that, you know, people knew me for. And that was the thing that made uh. me stand out. So that was English became sort of my um, safe place. English became uh-huh. sort of my, you know, like my shelter, my, you know, the thing that everyone New, the thing that everyone knew about me, you know, like Maria, yeah. like I've always been, I've always gone hand in hand with English. Like me and English have always been together as a couple or as a beautiful, you know, relationship or something. So that yeah. that's, that's kind of, I think that's also kind of the reason why I feel English is so special to me because English has always made me feel special in a way. Wonderful. So that's, that is so yeah, nice. Yeah, does that make sense? It does, does that, totally. Yeah, and it kind it of makes sense why your um, your name is Maria Speaks English. I can imagine it on the playground, like the, <laughs> your friends saying, oh, Maria Speaks English. Actually, Maria yes. Maria Speaks English. Actually, yes. Actually, yes. So that's the thing. That's, um, that's the reason why, apart from, you know, music and movies and stuff, 
the main reason why I love English is because it gave me my goal in life. It just made it just gave me something to live for. <laughs> wow. Okay. It okay. So cheesy, but it's, it's, it's no, I love it. I absolutely love it, and I'm I'm so happy that it's given you that that confidence and almost an identity, I suppose, and it's given you a career because. As you said, you started teaching when you were 15. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So you started at 15 and then what came next? You said you, you went to university and you studied linguistics, right? I did translation. Translation. Um, it was translation, translation and interpreting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, basically, yes, I started teaching when I was, yeah, like I said, when I was 15. And then I've always known that, it, you know, I had to do something related to English like in life. So that's why I decided to just take on, you know, well, I just decided to just apply for translation and interpreting. And I just, um, I went to uni and everything. I was actually, it was okay. It was, it was a very good decision actually, because, um, you know, I learned lots of English and I also learned lots of German, which I don't speak to oh. this day, but I, okay. but, uh, but I try to. So yeah, it was a very good decision because it also made me realize how, what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. So for example, I was very sure that I didn't really want to do, for example, translation, even though I like it, but I I think I figured I I was like, my place was interpreting. Like, um, I was, um, interpreting was my thing, interpreting as to translating, translating, you know, in real time and you know in front of people and everything so that was my thing uh yeah yeah and what what was your first job out of uni oh but it was at the tech talks in malaga the tech talks organized in malaga yes i was the interpreter for that conference you know in those conferences for two years in a row (gasps) so that was amazing there was a very that was a very good experience i have to say and that made so me you, realize you, how. Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but you, that, yeah. that means that you could technically say that you've done loads of TED Talks. Yes, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I could say that. And um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I did that. And I also I, I participated in a lot of things related to, trans- to interpreting. I also went to France. I've been living in France for almost a year, but then COVID came around. So basically, the timeline is. I finished uni, I had a bunch of jobs related to translation and interpreting, and then I just went to, went to France. I also went to Poland and lived there for two, for two months, I think, or three months. And then I just, yeah, and then I just came back home to Malaga due to beautiful COVID. And then, so uh, you started online and your partner encouraged you to do some courses as well. What's what's going on there? Yeah, so the thing is, after COVID, I was left out without nothing, with nothing, basically. I lost my job and I, you know, but um, I just couldn't be, I just need to do something. I'm the, I'm the kind of person who just need to, I need to be busy, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I started, you know, teaching online and some online, on some online platforms and everything. It was good in the beginning. But then the truth is the platform fee that they took out from me was a lot, was, was a big, I, yeah, pretty substantial. Yeah, exactly. So I just decided that I would just do it by myself. And then my boyfriend mentioned something like along the lines of, 
Maria, you just, you need to be on TikTok. You're going to kill it. You're going to smash it there. You just, please do it. And he was very insistent. I'm not going to lie. He was very insistent because I didn't really pay attention in the beginning. But then I just figured, okay, maybe I should do it. Let's just try it out. Let's just try and see how it goes. So then I just created my TikTok account. And then the very first few videos didn't really get a view. Like, okay, people just ignored it. But um, the then one video, I can't really remember which one it was, but it became viral. And then, whoa. And then everything just started to fall into place. Like, um, it went viral. And then uh, all of a sudden, there were like, 40,000 people, like uh, we were like 30, like 40,000 people in the community. You know, that was, that was amazing. That was, that was great. And then I just thought to myself, all right, maybe I could do this for a living. Like maybe I could just, you know, come up with something and this and just make a living. Yeah. This. Yeah. And that led you to, to making some courses and, and your own website. Yeah. Because in the beginning, I didn't really know you know, like how to make an income out of what I was doing, you know, like mm -hmm. I had a bunch of followers as well in it on Instagram and everything. But I said, what can I do? Like ever, I, I used to get a lot of messages from people, from my followers saying, uh, hi, Maria, I, I just would love to learn English with you. How can we do this? Whatever. And there came, it came to a point where I would receive like thousands of, of, of requests for, for lessons. So I, I gotta do something. Like I wish I could teach every single person individually, but I just gotta do something about this because I wanna help these people out and I just don't know how to do it. So I basically what I did was to ask my community and I asked them, okay, so guys, I cannot like teach you individually. I wish I could, but I cannot. How can I help you? That was like a form that I created on, that was a poll that I created on Instagram stories. And everyone replied, we want an online course. We want an online course. Like we need this from you. So that was basically, that was basically what I did. I started working on a online course that went really well. I'm, I'm really happy about it. I'm not going to lie. I, because people are, actually, my students are also very happy about the course, about the way, you know, they learn with it and everything. So I couldn't really be happier. And then my boyfriend is the one in charge of, you know, the design and the techie part of it. And okay. then I, yeah, yeah, tell me. No, I was just going to say, so the course... Uh, I think I saw a couple of courses on there. So what's the focus and who uh, benefits from it the most? Is it Spanish learners learning English? I, yeah, because I yeah. usually record myself in Spanish. Sometimes I speak Spanish and some other times I speak English. But yeah, it is aimed at, you know, Spanish speakers for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what level of English learning? Like, are they lower level or intermediate or advanced English learners? Intermediate. I'm going to say, yeah, definitely intermediate. And then it goes to advanced, let's just say. Yeah. And then I have one about phrasal verbs, which is for intermediate level. And one about grammar, which is about, well, yeah, which is upper intermediate, advanced, let's just, yeah. 
And, yeah. uh, and then the impulse uh, tenses, like um, <laughs> tenses, <laughs> English tenses, which is for a little lower level. But yeah, um, but yeah. right. Okay, yeah. so tenses, lower level, phrasal verbs, very nice, and a bit of grammar. Yeah. So, um, guys, we're going to leave part one there, but we're going to be continuing with part two and part three, where I ask Maria a little bit more about what she thinks is more important, pronunciation, vocabulary, grammar, or fluency, where she's travelled, um, also about the, uh, the cultural uh, values of Spanish people, and maybe, if we get time, to see whether she thinks a Spanish um, female would be a better companion with a British male as a date or the other way around. So we've got a lot to come. But uh, if you're here just for the first part, thank you very much for listening. And uh, I highly encourage you to check out Maria's stuff. And the website is mariaspeaksenglish.com, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. There we go. And Maria Speaks English on TikTok and Instagram. Thank you very much, Maria. All right. I'll see you in part two. Yeah. See you soon. Bye. We will leave it there for part one of today's episode. Thank you very much for listening up to this point. If you did want to listen to part two and part three of this conversation, then you can head over to the BritishEnglishPodcast.com and check out the premium podcast or academy memberships. The premium podcast gives you access to the full conversation along with extended glossaries, transcripts and flashcards, whereas the academy gives you all of that plus exclusive videos and audios for the season-based episodes explaining the vocabulary, exampling them, giving you quizzes, writing assignments and weekly speaking classes on Zoom. But if you were just here for part one of this conversation, then I thank you very much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed the show. Do grab that free worksheet by clicking the link in the show notes. My name's Charlie and I will see you next week on the British English Podcast. <laughs>